This is Tom Tolles. You're listening to WithoutYourHead.com, and you're doing it without your head. Think about it. Oh, wait, you can't. You don't have a head. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I went too far again. Welcome to the Station of Decapitation Without Your Head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by Russell Jeffrey Banks. He's of a lot of films, but we're going to be talking about who's watching Oliver. How you doing? Um, yeah, no, I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? You good? I'm pretty good, thank you. You're, uh, I don't know if you're, if you're allowed to say. I assume you are. Let's say they're in like a secret business or something. But you're, you're in Bangkok right now. Yeah. No, I'm based in Bangkok, so yeah, no, I'm here for... Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Oh. Yeah, that, I've been uh, back and forward over the last 10 years, so yeah. What, what brought you to uh, Thailand? Um, originally, I just came out here, like, backpacking back in the day, uh-huh. and then uh, met people who were doing film, um, got on originally just doing standing and jobs like that, so then I got on films, and then... Uh, came back and started coming back and forward. Hmm. So is it like a American movies or, or, or Thai movies? Or? Yeah, no, like America. So originally, because um, I, first of all, I, I didn't study. Uh, I went back and studied when I was older, but I couldn't afford drama school and that. Um, so I was out here. And uh, then the first film I did stand in on was Street Fighter 2 Legends of Chung Lee. Uh-huh. which uh, came out of nowhere, really. And then uh, did Hangover, um, 
Nomads, the Ridley Scott thing, um, Shanghai with John Cusack. So, yeah, it was great. Just, uh, it was like, um, and everybody, all the tight crew, and that was amazing. People and mm-hmm. the other actors, they were teaching me stuff. And then after that, I went back and re-studied, like, went back and studied. But I started getting parts out here. So, uh, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, actually, I know Thai food is good. My aunt is uh, from Thailand. Uh, my uncle married her when he was stationed uh, in, out there in the 70s. And uh, I always enjoyed her food. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's nice. The food's nice. It's a bit spicy sometimes for me. Sure. I'm a, I'm a bit of a pussy with chili. But, uh, uh-huh. no, it's nice. can be nice. Yeah. Mm. So you went from uh, like doing stand-ins. So did you have any inspiration before that to, to get into acting? I know you said you couldn't like afford drama school and everything, but it wasn't um, ever something you wanted to do. Yeah, no, completely. I always wanted to do uh, either acting or filmmaking, one of the two. Um, I just at first in my uh, teens, I didn't didn't have enough uh, guts to go and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was something which I always wanted to do. I left school at 15 and went out, and then I worked uh, a load of shit jobs, which I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, always wanting to do acting or something to do with film, because I was always fascinated with film. Um, growing up, it was, uh, yeah, really the only thing which I was that into was watching films. And mm-hmm. uh, I always knew that. Some I wanted to do something on it. It just seemed a million miles away. Do you know? Yeah. Mm. yeah that your life could act. Uh, that whole thing could actually be a movie. It's like uh, you left school, you went backpacking, and then you kind of dropped in the movie. What kind of movies did you did you like? Uh, or was it just all kinds? Um, growing up, all everything really, uh, really everything. Um, yeah, I could. I still can. I still like can sit and watch anything. It t- it has. To be really fucking bad for me to turn <laughs> to film anyway uh-huh. um but yeah growing up uh yeah different my dad used to watch a lot of the old black and white like james cagney films and Bogart and that so i used to watch a lot of them um my mum should watch like fucking dirty dancing hayley mills <laughs> films and that uh-huh. i'd stay up and watch the old horror films um yeah just and then you know i'm 80s so Fuck, we had amazing films like Karate Kid, Top Gun, all that type of stuff. So, Labyrinth, Gremlins. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, bit oh, of everything. Definitely. Yeah. Bit of, bit of everything. Mm-hmm. So, so when you when did you just decide to start taking the lessons to, like, you know, instead of just being a stand-in or an extra and stuff to, you know, pursue uh, more um, of a career? Well, as soon as I... As soon as I started doing the stand-in, I never knew what a stand-in was before. It was just a, I wanted to, like, I was still trying to get on set to do acting then. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was some, a job which then what just allowed me to get onto a set. Um, I started doing lessons in between. Uh, When I started to get some money, I started to do some lessons back in England and then, uh, like, years later, I went and studied, like, at the Method Acting Centre and with different teachers. And over here, there was a few teachers which uh, I, I felt it a few back and forward a little bit with. Um, but, yeah, no, when I started to do the stand-in, 
that's when when I started to believe in it a little bit more that I could do something. Um, yeah, just being on the first film, and everybody was so nice to me. Um, mm -hmm. They, you know, people understood that I was into film. Um, and meeting different people, like uh, like on Street Fighter Two, Neil McDonough. I was doing the stand-in for Bison. He he was amazing. Um, Michael Clark Duncan, uh, God rest his soul, but he was really like nice. Everybody was super nice. Um, back then, I used to have re really bad stage fright, so that was, I think that was the big hurdle. Was always stage fright. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I've actually heard other actors say that. And uh, how do you get over that? Or some people I've actually heard say kind of like, if you have stage fright in a way, if you become another person, then when you're acting, you kind of get over it. Is there anything like that? Yeah, yeah uh, that to a degree. Um, mm -hmm. I still, I'm not, I still hate public speaking. Mm -hmm. um, not really. Although it, it's funny because I've done some jobs doing public speaking. But yeah, I hate it. I uh, I'm not not really don't enjoy standing up and talking. If it's one and one or, and it, it's a weird thing because just uh, a week ago I was on a Thai TV show, mm -hmm. and there was a big audience of people. So I thought, oh fuck, this might be a bit. But it was fine because I was just speaking to the one person. But mm -hmm. if I had to stand and speak to the whole crowd then I'd be fucked. So mm -hmm. it's a weird thing mentally. Um, how did I get over a, a stage right? One, this is for any actor, um, preparation. I, I like to be really prepared. Um, learn, learn your lines. That's the best way to get over stage right, is to do the hard work before. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a thing that, and it's a weird thing because you go through that little conundrum of, uh, when you start over-practicing in the beginning, it can make you really nervous because then you're like, fuck, I'm starting mm -hmm. to get nervous because I'm thinking so much that I'm going to be stood in front of people doing this. So then you under-prepare. And then when you go into the room, you're so, you know that you're not really prepared, so then that sets you off a million times more. Mm -hmm. Do the hard work, and then once you start doing the, once you start uh, doing the hard work, this is originally... Um, then it starts to disappear. Yeah. Also, to me, that sorry. Yeah. sorry I was say that's. I was just going to say before we go to the next part. To me, that sounds kind of like a confidence thing because if you don't have the lines, you probably won't have a lot of confidence. But if you do mm. know your lines, it would help build your confidence, which I think would help with uh, with the idea of being nervous. Yeah, everything. Everything with film is confidence. Um, you know, you can't you can't perform in unless you're not relaxed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, for every actor, it's still an ongoing struggle. I mean, um, fuck, the other day I did a casting and out of nowhere I fucked that up a little a bit. Just So it's still always an ongoing thing. It's just you, the more you, more you work you do, the better, better it gets. The big thing, um, I had a stage when I had panic attacks for about four years. Oh wow! And uh, that changed me a lot. And then, uh, yeah, that made that made acting a lot easier. Funny enough, um, hmm. how so? so uh, um, because in other because you, I've 
when you're having panic attacks, you're like, fuck, you're going through... Uh, have you ever had panic attacks? No. So it's like, you know, you're getting these sensations where you can't breathe, your adrenaline's just up to its highest, your brain is like, fuck, I'm going to die. Originally, that's the first... Until you mm-hmm. start to understand what's going on. Um, and then often a big part of that is you're in front of people, so you don't want it to happen. It's like... Um, but once you've been through that enough times, your brain starts to go, fucking hell, what's the worst that can happen here? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, you get used to just it, your emotions being fried. It's frying your emotions. Um, so, yeah, I think that helped massively with acting after. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, especially for getting into darker places, it definitely helps, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which... Uh... We'll get into uh, very darker places here in a minute. I just, I do want to, one more thing before we get into the movie was you did say, say you left uh, school at 15. Did you leave home at 15 too? No, no, I left school. Um, yeah, no, I just got expelled and uh, oh. then it was up to me. And yeah. then I wanted to, uh, I wanted to work. So I wanted to, yeah. And then, uh, when I was younger, I, I left home, but I, I was back and forward at my dad's or my mum's. And then uh, my dad moved to France. Um, so I went out there and did some building work. Uh, and then after it was a load of different jobs. But then, yeah, I was always back and forward. But no, home life was okay. That was all good. It was just a personal choice. It was... Uh, I'd gone to live with my dad because originally I was living with my mum and then I'd been to one school and then I'd left that school and then on my third or fourth day I got expelled from another school, Um, Mm -hmm. just silly stuff. And then uh, my dad just said, right, you've got two choices. Do you want to go to another school or do you want to go and work? Um, But he said if, if you... You know, if, if you're not going to go to school, everybody works. That's a, that's a rule. And that's how it went. <laughs> and, and then it was something which I regretted years later. I was like, sure. fuck, I should have stayed at school. And, <laughs> you know, you're jealous of your friends when they start to go to college or uni. Mm-hmm. But it's easy to do that years later. But at that point, I just wanted money and I wanted to, I wanted to do whatever I wanted. So I did. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So um, who's watching Oliver? Says the, when you talk about dark places, clearly dark places in uh, in this movie. And I didn't know actually you were one of the writers till till, till the end credits. Uh, yeah. Were, was that since the beginning of the of the the movie, or did did you get add in later, or were you always one of the no, original writers? Um, no, it was originally my idea to do the film. So, oh, okay. like, um, so originally, like, Richie Moore is an old friend. Um, I, I actually met him, he directed, but I met him on the standing jobs. So I've known him for years. And we always said, uh, I tried to get a, a script which I wrote, I tried called Happenstance. I tried to get that made with Richie, but that never happened about mm-hmm. five years ago. Um, Raymond Hoover, I'd worked with Raymond on Cam to Cam and some and uh, some other films. 
and yeah, I knew that I wanted to do a serial killer film. Um, originally, I had a complete different feeling and idea for it. Then uh, Raymond came on board, and me, Richie, and Raymond. Then we started writing it every every day and completely changed. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and then it took shape that way. So, uh, what was it? The uh, what, what was the reason behind wanting to do a, a serial killer movie? Um, I'd already done, I'd already played a serial killer a few times, but I just never. One, yeah, I just felt I had more to give in that. I felt there was a lot more I could give, and uh, and it was yeah, it was something which I was interested in. I wanted to do a dark role. Mm -hmm. uh, and just really go for it as a so yeah that that was the main reason for the serial killer part but then uh yeah when we was writing it like originally i had oliver would have been more of a and it wasn't an oliver like when i say originally the idea of a serial killer that was it that i really didn't have any thoughts of, of the film mm -hmm. um but then when we started to write the film Originally, in my head, Oliver was more like that, uh, you know, the film uh, Henry portrait of a serial killer. Uh, yeah, actually, oddly enough, that you bring that, I did have that in my notes, um, just something about the movie. But uh, I'll explain how, how I had connected the mo the two movies. Uh, uh, sure. Well, it's like in that in that uh, film, the killer is Henry. He's, he's so much more, you know, he's he's a lot more there, a lot more calculated, a lot more cool. Mm -hmm. So that, that originally, that's how I kind of had a, had the the feeling of Oliver, and then uh, Raymond Ray, he started to say more about, uh, came up with the idea of uh, um, what's his name out of uh, Back to the Future, George McFly okay. type <laughs> character, and uh, yeah, and then then. The whole film just once once uh, that idea came up, the the whole film started to change. And then once we started, once we we decided that we was uh, gonna change his appearance, um, yeah. Then we started to think about reasons, and yeah. Then uh, the whole idea of Oliver and how his background, and obviously he's, you know, he has shades of autism. Um, mm -hmm. and why what what would have you know a lot of the abuse which he would have went through so and then it just grew and grew and grew that way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what um because i'm a, i actually really enjoy uh, i could say all of them but uh good serial killer movies and uh i thought honestly not to see here i thought this movie's excellent and uh, henry's Henry's on like the top of my list for serial killer movies. I love Henry. And, yeah, yeah, it's just a fantastic movie. Uh, the similarity that I saw is actually, and I don't want to give too much away of the movie, is uh, is the love interest because I always think in Henry and and some other movies, there's a point where like the serial killer or a character like that has a chance to find almost not necessarily redemption, but uh, some not even be normal, but find so, so someone and yeah, then, and escape so, from from the dark. Exactly, and so yeah, and got, like it's a uh, good versus evil in the film, you know. Mm hmm. Mm. 
Yeah. Even Taxi Driver kind of has that in a way, even though it's a different kind of movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, great film as well. Yeah. yeah. So, so you kind of talked about how the character changed from how you originally were seeing it. How did, uh, is you mentioned McFly? Is there anybody else or anything that you kind of based the, the character on or any experience or anything? Um, not in, in real life, no. Um, yeah. uh, which up, is prob- <laughs> that's probably good, I guess. But yeah. yeah, and then uh, Ray said also originally we was playing with like um, um, innocence of like Forrest Gump and uh, George McFly, and then then we watched a lot of documentaries. Um, me, me and Richie, Ray, we watched Jesus about two hundred documentaries on serial killers, but also then on mental health and different. Um, so yeah, throughout the process, the character completely changed. Um, yeah. The way he walked, the way he talked, uh, and then I think that that also affected the the mama scenes because um, the nice, not nicer, the more damaged, the more hurt Oliver became. We had to show him why, and that means that in a way you have to go harder with the other scenes, if that makes sense at all. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then the uh, I think um, the innocence of the character and obviously what happened to him, it uh, it makes him a sympathetic character, which is hard to do when it's someone who's doing such terrible things. Yeah, like, but yeah, that's a, as a for me, like I'm playing on this. My job was I'm playing him as a victim, even though he's doing the worst stuff ever. Mm-hmm. He, I'm still because in a way he's been forced into it by his mother, you know, and uh, he doesn't, he doesn't want to be doing that, but he is. Mm-hmm. So like you had to play him as, as a complete victim. Uh, but yeah, no, it's fucking, it was, it was a rough film to shoot and it wasn't a nice set. It wasn't enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, we shot a lot of the dark stuff first. Uh, and it was horrible. Really, uh, not just for me, for the whole crew, it really had a dark feel. Also, we shot in a really, like, that house where Richie used to live. Um, just horrible vibes anyway. It was a real, uh, yeah, it wasn't a nice set. Um, and then, like, Sarah, Sarah Malakul Lane, her scenes came into it a bit later. And it was just a polar opposite, complete opposite where... We're, we're shooting nights, we're shooting shooting dark with blood, and now we're shooting in this really, like, out in the middle of the day in this crazy theme park with this fucking music in the background, which <laughs> just won't go out of your head. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I can still hear the 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 song in the theme park. Jesus. Um, but that, we needed that at that point. We needed that bit of nice not just in the film, but in shooting. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. But no, it was great. Sarah, having Sarah on board was great. It was the second time I worked with her, but uh, yeah, really fantastic having her on board. Yeah. And then the, the girls who played the victim uh, victims, Kelly Kelly Woodcock, uh, Cecilia Belletti and Ch- Champagne, they were 
fuck they uh they um, they uh, they 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 were great really great mm-hmm. well assume i mean uh when you talk about uh you know hard things to shoot i, I would assume that would be uh you know uncomfortable for for them to uh to shoot a lot of the scenes mm. yeah no completely um it was uncomfortable for everybody uh like the first, obviously, there's a rape scene in there, which is, uh, uh, it's about the worst scene ever to film. It, it was just rough. It was horrible. Um, luckily, the saving grace is that Kelly Woodcock's an old friend. So, um, not that it helped, but it helped more so because we knew each other. Um, yeah. But it was just horrible. It was horrible. Horrible scene. Um, super long saying oh it's just as bad as they come um but that's what we agreed on when we was writing it we, we said look we, we're gonna have this scene we want to show how bad a mama like jesus margaret rush um mm-hmm. she's this little sweet old woman she hasn't really acted before and uh she turns into like the evilest worst thing you could ever imagine yeah um it- and that first scene that it is long, like, uh, mm. you know, it's, and it, it doesn't cut away, you know, a lot. It's, uh, that makes the other scenes and, uh, more powerful because you don't have to necessarily show as much because you know, uh, yeah. w- what, you know, what is happening to them. Well, that was it. And it, it's funny because some people who have watched the film, um, because they watched that first scene, they start to think that all the scenes and the rest of that, that bad but it's not and that that's what i've said to him like well we didn't show as much in the rest of the scenes like a few but it, it was originally that first long scene where we went all in and then it you know now now that story's kind of been told so the next scenes like even though some of the words are there and that it's not not to that degree mm-hmm. but uh yeah, they were rough, man. They were, those scenes were rough to shoot. They were hard, real hard. Yeah. Um, mm. uh, so, to the, the the actress you mentioned who played your mom, is um, for her scenes are they already filmed, or is yeah. she? Uh, you know, okay. So I don't they know if were, they're very. No, they were the very first uh, scenes of the film shot. Was her scenes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you actually have them playing there while you're filming? It's kind of a technical Western. Do you actually have them there filming there and interacting with her? Uh, yeah, then yeah, then I was re- reacting with uh, the recording, trying to get my timing down for her recording. Yeah. Mm. And uh, You already kind of mentioned this, but just kind of the idea of... Uh, uh, what makes someone, uh, you know, do bad things or is someone born evil or is, uh, their environment, you know, make them, uh, who they are, which is, I think is a big part of, uh, of this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. And, but I think in real life, that that's a fact. Sure. If you look at, if you look at a lot of, uh, abuse seems to stem on abuse. That seems to be something that the history books would definitely tell us. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm I, like the worst. Some people are. Not, I I believe some people are born evil anyway. Um, but I, I definitely feel like Jesus. If you fuck somebody up, they can they can turn pretty fucked up and do some bad shit shit as well. 
and that that's the one thing which we learned throughout the film is that um oliver started off as a kid in this fucked up situation um he's obviously had to deal with a lot of mental physical sexual abuse and uh it's left him a complete walking um vehicle of madness do you know so yeah uh, but yeah no I, i think um and you know, it's funny because a lot of that, uh, a lot of the stuff, the backstory stuff, which you, you don't see, is is what we really took a lot of. Uh, we took that really serious. So, mm-hmm. for me, Rich and Ray, we really went into a lot of the stuff, and, and as I was saying, with a lot of the documentaries and the reading, a lot of of the outcome of previous, um, not to that degree, but what effect abuse, mental, physical, would have on you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I, I like the you mentioned that you don't necessarily see a lot of it. You you do see some of it, and you get a you know a take of what what happened to him. But uh, mm. if you go too far with that, then I think you're kind of you know beating someone over the head. You know what what to yeah. think and stuff. You give enough to to get the idea. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. It's it, like it's just there, and there's little clues with what's being said throughout the film. You know. You do, mm-hmm. don't want to spoon feed somebody something, but uh, yeah. Mm. Who, who who actually drew like the the book? That was Topaz uh, Topaz Lacron. Um, Richie and Topaz were a couple at the time when we were shooting, and uh, she came on. She also helped with the makeup and uh, feeding us, like doing the food on the set. Um, she was great, great. Um, yeah, but that that artwork. That's hers. Um, we had no no say on it. Like the drawings, she just came up with that. Like her and Richie worked on that together. Uh, mm. yeah, they came out cool. I liked them. Mm. How about how about the uh, the music in the movie? There's a lot of like old timey uh, uh, music. Was so when you're making the movie, like, uh, do you have that in mind? That um, that's going to be there? Or is that like a decision you make after you film it? Well, we had a that in mind to a degree a lot of that was ray and alex boesson uh alex did the sound in the film which uh really pleased with throughout um he was great and he brought in so fuck his equipment's worth like just amazing but in post they were working on that um before that we we were looking at uh, other music we was also looking because we knew that we couldn't really uh you know, music's super expensive. So mm-hmm. we realised that we would have to go old style in a lot of it. And then uh, the, there's one song in there, which is actually uh, Topaz's sister singing the theme park song. Oh, okay. uh, so, so that's uh, Jennifer Lacron, amazingly mm-hmm. talented. Um, but then the old style music, which we have going on, like that really old sound... Uh, yeah, that was Alex and Ray mainly. They was went over and looking over thousands and thousands of songs, mm-hmm. um, and and but then we was when we was making it, we had ideas that we were, we was definitely going to go old style um, because yeah, but it it felt with the dress with with uh, yeah, we thought that would add a lot to the scenes. Yeah. 
because I think in a couple levels, one, it's a nice, uh, it's a contrast with like all the violence that's happening. And then you kind of mm-hmm. have like this pleasant music. And also, I think uh, in a lot of ways, Oliver is still stuck, you know, in childhood. And then so you have yeah. the old timey music that kind of enhances that kind of feeling. And then it also takes away like, um, takes away what year we're in. I even know we're in the that's present. True. Yeah. It makes it, 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 makes just, it timeless. Yeah, a bit more timeless. That's that's the word. So that's what we was going for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of a, a technical question. I've always kind of wondered this when, because there's a there's a great montage scene uh, near the mm. end of the movie. Uh, when you film like a montage scene like that, how much do you film of of each of those bits? Do you just film like a few seconds, or do you film a little bit, you know, and decide how much to cut out of it? Yeah. Um... So there was a couple of montages in the film. Um, some of it we filmed a lot more. And then one of the films, I think it's always going from left to right. Um, so that would have been like a camera which I'd had planned. It, it's mm-hmm. a moving montage. So that one we wouldn't have shot as much of. But the, the other scene where it's actually just bits coming in, then we shot a lot more of those scenes. Yeah, that makes sense. Definitely. So, mm-hmm. um, did you did you have much? Uh, I know you, you wrote it. You're obviously in it. Did you have uh, any any say or hands on like the editing of the movie? No, not the editing. Not 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 at all. Um, that was uh, again Ray and then Jesse Maddox. Those two really hit the editing hard. Um, yeah, like um post. Ray had a big influence on on how it turned out, um, and uh, yeah, we had a guy called Jesse Maddox, great guy, um, and then Ray, yeah, you've seen a, a pattern with Ray. He done he done a lot on the film. He oh. he was hands on from uh, the second he came in. It, it was super small crew. The the film we like originally, so like me, Richie, and Ray. Um, and then people like Alex Bayesson, uh, Jesse Maddox, uh, Gal, who produced as well, they came on board. But it, it was a super small film, um, real small crew. So, yeah, Ray uh, never stopped working. Mm. So w- when you saw the finished cut of the movie, uh, what did you think of it? Um, I saw the first... I saw a, an earlier version. Mm-hmm. Um, the earlier version, I wasn't. I was like, "Fuck!" Didn't know. And then uh, because, but the earlier version had like an extra forty-five minutes on it, so it was mm-hmm. it was a completely different movie. Um, and do you know what? Like, fuck! I'm not one for. I I get freaked out watching myself anyway, so. I'm sure. not a fair judge. Like I'm not sitting there going, "Oh yeah, this story looks good" or whatever. No, I'm I'm a selfish motherfucker. I'm sat there going, "Fuck, <laughs> what do I look like there?" Jesus, and, right. you know that that's what what's really going on. So, um, no, fuck, I hated the film at first. At first, I was like, "Oh my god, we're gonna be destroyed." I tell you when I liked it. I liked it when we had the first review came in and they were really nice, and then suddenly my brain went. It's a fucking masterpiece. No, <laughs> not like yeah. that. But um, 
yeah, that's I. I'm watching myself and I'm I'm sat there thinking, oh my god, everybody's gonna. What what have I done? Like, have I? <laughs> I've ruined yeah. myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, not even that. It, it's just, yeah, you know, you you critical about yourself anyway. So of until until people are nice to you, you assume the worst, and you're an unfair judge. You carrot like you're judging the whole film differently. Um, but no, like the editing was amazing. Um, and I, I had no idea. I, I, you know, that that was the whole thing that me, me, Richie and Ray, um, well, actually funny again, Ray and Richie, the second we started writing this, we said, right, we're going to write this film exactly how we want it. And we're going to stick with everything and shoot it that way. And we're not gonna we're not gonna go easy on any scenes, um, and like Ray was sorted out because with the investor had worked with Ray before, so he made a deal right from the beginning that we we get a hundred percent say, um, and we get, we're only gonna if if we only ever get to make the serial killer film once, which we obviously you do. We're doing it exactly how we want. We're not gonna, and that—that's why the scenes are so harsh because um, we didn't. We kept kept to our word, and a few times when some of us were saying like, "Fuck, that maybe we are going a bit too far here." We, mm. this is when we'd say, "No, this is what we agreed." Um, we said we was gonna go all in. And tell this story, and and we did, and and fuck, we know, I know we're going to get some shit. You, you watch the film. Some people can sure. like it, some people are not. It, yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some people are going to say those harder scenes are in there just for shock value, and mm-hmm. that, that's that's provocative. But to me, those harder scenes tell a story. Um, you know, like there's that scene when. I'm at the laptop on my own with my mother and yeah. I have to, and she forces me to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Fuck, that's, that's a horrible scene in there. But yeah. without that scene, that tells, you know, you watch that scene. Now you can go back 15 years, 20 years, and you can see that woman doing that to, to, to the younger version because, mm-hmm. you know, and now, now you, as an audience, you understand exactly what, what he's had for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I believe a lot of the scenes have been there for a reason, and I understand that we're we're, we're gonna get shit from them. But um, but so far we haven't. Funny enough, um, so far we everybody's been super kind to us. The horror community have been amazing, absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. Um, and listen, when when we uh. Originally, we had a goal of getting into two or three festivals, just being selected. Um, mm-hmm. We never expected to go and win. We won 13 Best Feature in the end. Um, myself, I, I won some acting awards, and then we won other awards for writing and other parts. We never expected that. That, that was a complete shock. Um, and then right from that happening... The same people, the same uh, horror community, the same guys booking into the festivals, looking after us. Uh, they're the ones who help spread the word about our film. Mm-hmm. There's always been somebody say, hey, contact this guy. 
I, I'm not. I think that's how we got in touch with it originally. Somebody had put me on to you. Is that right or not? Uh, yeah, uh, I know uh, you messaged the the without your head page, and I'm sure someone did. Okay, yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. You probably assume someone you know led you to the without your head page. You know. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yes, exactly. That somebody. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think that might have been Meredith. Meredith Bogart Brown. Okay. Had suggested you guys. Um, but it's it's been like that the whole way. It's been like from one person to another, and everybody's just been been really really super nice to us super super nice mm-hmm. um yeah and without the horror community being like this with us fuck would be nowhere uh <laughs> it, it, it's it's literally been it's been nuts it, it's been completely crazy like ever since the first couple of reviews they put us on to the next person who put us on to the next person and and it's just been like this little spread. It's been spreading, um, and that that's what now we sold. I I can't go into the details because it's not released sure. yet. But fuck, we exceeded ourselves a million percent with who we sold to. Um, in the next few months, we're we're getting a big wide release. Oh which, nice! Yeah, um, completely, completely shocked really. Um. All of us, we're so we're ecstatic. We can't believe the, you know, how much this little film, how far it's got the potential of going. Which, Jesus, once, if you told me that when I sat and watched the first version of it, and I, and I'm watching myself on camera kill and do terrible things or crying, there's no way, no way. I'm like, fuck, we're fucked. <laughs> So, were you at any of the festivals uh, to, uh, when it was screened? Uh, yeah, I went to one in England. I went to uh, Stu Joe Pierce Festival in Southport, oh. and that was uh, Dead of the Night Festival. Amazing festival. Um, super nice festival that was. Um, really nice screen. And Stu Joe Pierce, he, uh, he directed the film called good tidings yeah yeah we i uh, had him on the show um the him and like uh his other uh two partners in good tidings when uh okay super cool guy eh? yeah definitely uh, good yeah, tidings he... a great movie too it's very uh yeah, grind house kind of exploitation yeah, you know nuts i loved it, 70s loved film, it. Yeah. people you should go and check out good tidings especially it's uh yeah it's a christmas yeah. <laughs> I think they just put out the I think they just put out the Blu-ray where you get like because uh, I have it actually and it, it comes with like a like a Christmas card. Nice, nice. Yeah. He's but this is what I when I was saying about people in the horror community. He like Stu Joper, he, he put us onto I can't even remember how many people. Um there's been certain people which have just been amazing, and I'm forgetting who they are, like Nadine in, in Canada, Meredith Bogart-Brown has helped us no end. Uh, yeah, there's been so many great people who have watched the film, loved it, and just gone on a mission to f- fucking help us. Kurt, Kurt Oglesby, um, yeah, I can't remember all the people, Nick, Nick Fawada, loads of people. They've just been really amazing, really and uh, I don't, I don't know if they realise how how much they've fucking done for us. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, well, they hopefully do now after listening. But uh, I know uh, Stu's uh, part of the Without Your Head uh, Facebook mm. group and stuff. He's a cool guy, like you said. With, at the at the uh, festival itself, though, did you watch it with the audience? And what was that uh, experience? So, like? yeah, I did. It was uh, mortifying. It was great <laughs> because it was a lovely screen. But that was the first time I'd seen it on a big screen. Um, mm. So I went in there. I got to the back, back of the room. And then uh, for the first 20 minutes of that film, so in comes, I'm there and I'm sat and I'm like, oh, my God, fuck, fuck. Like, I'm nervous as you can, about to have a panic attack then, so I'm like, fuck. Um, And then a a father walks in, and I swear his daughter was about 12 or 13 years old, and he sat in the seat right in front of me, and... I'm like, oh, please, no, 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 no. And then uh, I'm looking at him like, Jesus, do you know what film? This is like a real hardcore serial killer. Why have you brought your daughter in, into watching this? And uh, I know what scene's coming up, first of all, that big, long, horrible scene. And I'm sat there sinking into my seat going, please don't look around at me. Yeah. Um, and then they got up and walked out because he shouldn't have been taking his kid to that fucking <laughs> to watch who's watching Oliver um, and then yeah no then I relaxed and everybody was super nice super super cool um, but yeah no it was nerve wracking watching it in front of people because then you're not watching the film you're watching other people so right. you're just sat at the back of a room and then uh, yeah a certain scene comes on and you're like yeah you, it's hard man it's hard but I, um, I, it's hard watching anything in front of people. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, um, P- you said you can't really talk about it, but uh, people will be able to uh, to be, be able to view it here in the coming months. Yes. Um, in the next, and this is a game where people have been amazing. Um, so, like now, because we we're just waiting for the release date to be released, but then. Already we've got about, uh, Jesus, uh, now I think there's about 70 or 80 already lined up uh, publications who are going to be doing a piece on us, which is amazing. Um, So we've already got different newspapers around the world in different countries. We've got like uh, newspapers in Australia, America, England are waiting for us to release that we've sold it and who to. And then they're going to be doing a piece on us. Um, we've got, we've already had most of the horror magazines, but a lot of them have said they want to come back and do a different piece on us or, or interview. Um, we've had a load of uh, film magazines that aren't horror waiting to do a piece on us. So yeah, just before the months before, should be about uh, end of April. We should be getting the wide release, but then people should be hearing about us. And then, yeah, we're going to be easy reachable to everybody, which is is it's fucking insane. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited. I'm excited for you because I really I really enjoyed Thank the movie. You. Again, not just because you're here. And uh, uh, Jason Mintner does our reviews on our website. Who can? He's very honest, and sometimes he's uh, you know kind of uh, brutal on movies. He gave you four out of five, which is I know we was very, just very buzzing off that. So yeah, no, really appreciated that. I think a big thing which 
everybody who's been who's watched the film have said that it doesn't look like as low budget. Definitely, um, no, that's that's a good and point. And I think that com- that comes down to Richie, because Richie, like his backstory, it's his first time directing, but mm-hmm. he's been a cameraman and a cinematographer on some of the biggest films in the world, and he shot this. Um, like he 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 did uh, Hangover two and three, oh, Mission wow. Impossible, um, all the Marco Polo series. I think he was everyday shooting on them. Um, Gold with Matthew McConaughey, No Is No Escape, Fallen, the Denzel Washington film. The list just goes on and on. Mm-hmm. So although it's his directorial debut, um, fuck like filming it. That's his forte. And yeah. it, it looks like that's what everybody's saying. It, it looks nice. It's shot nice. And yeah. uh, that, that's, that's all Richie. Richie, not only did he direct, he, he picked up the camera and he shot himself because that, that's his specialty. And he said there's no way he'd be able to hand it over to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, and that definitely helped us selling. Selling the film, mm-hmm. definitely that, the quality of the film um and richie's background is obviously that that was a big you know big thing on us yeah it really raises the production values if uh uh an independent movie is like like you said shot well or uh different something with the lighting different things like that really enhances the production value i think of a, of a movie yeah and, and then like we had people like mark hammond came in and shot for a few days uh and he shot just because he's like a friend of, of Richie's and unbelievable. Like, you know, th- there's some of the people, same with ballots and that. Um, so we had this tiny little budget, but we had these these amazingly talented people come and come and work on the film. And and I think that's that 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 was really helped us like the sound in the film. That's another thing. What people have said is. You know, our sound isn't, of, you would never guess it's a low-budget film with the sound either because we were shooting on, like, fuck, I can't even remember. We had, like, four or five microphones always going. So it, it and then he worked on it. And, like, the version you've seen isn't, the, I don't think you've seen the, the, the absolute finished version because the sound was okay. still always being twinkled, tweaked. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that is really, really, really pleased with with the outcome. And uh, yeah, mm. it's the uh, a silly question. Uh, are you afraid of any of the broken mirrors bringing bad luck? Um, I'm, man, I'm superstitious on on everything. So yeah, I, I am. <laughs> oh, I'm a okay. pussy. I, I get scared of everything. Uh-huh. But, luck, but I didn't break them. And all right, all right, he, here's a fun fact. That uh-huh. broken mirror was already on Richie's wall. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. he's a fucking freak. <laughs> what in there? It's all weird shit going on all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, actually, I tell you, you, you lot should speak to Richie. I'll put you, um, I'm not sure if he's, if I put you in touch with him yet or not. Yeah, actually, wanna, yeah, yeah. Uh, the email there, I, I believe. No, no, it wasn't him. It was uh, someone else who sent me the uh, the screen. Uh, Rich yep. Ragsdale as well, maybe. Uh, I think I think I mentioned you you to Rich Ragsdale directed Ghost House. I think I mentioned. Uh, 
uh, Ray is it? Well, but yeah, Ray, Ray, uh, Ray, yeah. Ray, Ray, yeah, Ray's a producer. But no, you should have. Uh, I'll get Richie to come on the show if you want, and then uh, yeah, awesome. He'll give you a complete different spin of it. He's he's yeah. a wild dude. He's a wild motherfucker, Richie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'll get I'll get the story of the mirror then. Yeah, like that's a whole uh, whole different different thing. Story of yeah. the fan not having a cover as well. Uh, a lot of little details is uh, yeah. is the madness of Rich here. Uh, I'll have to watch it again to, to find it. I actually did watch it twice, and uh, I really liked it the first time, but I actually liked it even better uh, the second time I watched it. I bet, you know, that's the one thing. There's so many hidden things in that film that are just for us. Um, and then if people notice them, they notice. But there's so many little hidden things going on in that film. And and it's interesting. That's something which we're, we're interested to see. That which I'm not going to say because I don't want to give it away to people. Yeah, but I agree. If they go and watch it and they see stuff on a second or the third time, which uh, which yeah, we definitely did a lot of things that I'm not sure came across yet, or if they have that people. It, yeah, we planned a lot of a lot of hidden little gems in there. Mm. Yeah. And uh, so, how can people follow the uh, what's going on with the movie online? So, if you just if you on our Facebook page, um, everything new we update on that, um, which is just if you type in "Who's Watching Oliver" on uh, Facebook, mm-hmm. um, and we're gonna be yeah, everything's always updated on there. Um, that's the main place. And uh, how, how about yourself? How can people? Not find you like um, uh, in Bangkok, but how can they find you online? Yeah, so I have a Facebook page which uh, anybody can follow me on there, or I I have Twitter. Um, just everything's under my full name, Russell Jeffrey Banks. You can always find me off Google on there. Um, but yeah, no, I'm always e- easily found. Cool. And he did mention Ghost House. So I did want to say that's a, is that on, uh, it's either on Netflix or Amazon because I know I watched it. That, that's on there. Netflix in America yeah. now. So uh, go and watch that. Uh, I shot that one before Who's Watching Oliver. Hmm. Um, and it was an amazing film to be on. Amazing people. Rich Ragstyle is one of the coolest, coolest motherfuckers I've ever worked with. And I'm definitely hoping to work with him again. He's he's a real horror, horror geek. So oh, cool. you'd buzz off him. He's um, really into the genre. Um, yeah. yeah. Sort of like what you're saying, though. Like uh, I do love horror movies, but uh, I really just love movies. But, yeah. Uh, just won't. Not even that uh, necessary horror is my favorite, but uh, I, it's uh, better to have some type of theme, I think, for the show. Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. Um. I sit and watch anything. I can sit and watch anything. Uh, yeah. As long as yeah, if something's good, it's good. good. I think. You know? Yeah. Okay. So I so I like I can't sit and watch anything. I can't <laughs> like um yeah. It, even though this is an indie film, I, I I can turn off a lot of indie films like which are yeah. It depends the storytelling. I'm if, if the storytelling shit, I'm, I I turn it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if it's just yeah, and it's funny maybe it. depends Depends if something's super super low budget but not shot nice, mm-hmm. then then I find it hard to stick with all the sound. Yeah, little things that 
once you know you're the same I, I guess we're around film so once you start watching stuff and then you're like ah oh, then, yeah, then if it looks, looks like on. almost something someone would just film for like youtube or something if, yeah if you know and you know that's fine if you're just messing around but if it's an actual movie that you're trying to sell it should you know uh you can look over look a lot of things obviously but uh it it does get to a point where it's like well this you know looks totally unprofessional you know yeah but then do you know what it's different now though because there's so much content to watch everywhere like oh, back when i was younger it, it was always a thing i'm sure you was the same with the old vhs i'd yeah. go out on missions even like second hand shops wherever to go and find hidden hidden gems yeah exactly like these little indie films which were like hidden gems and uh it was that was a thing and i could spend all day in like video shops or buying videos and that 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 used to be the thing i miss oh, those yeah. days i miss i do too i used to i'd go to the video store and uh you'd rent stuff you know based on the uh the cover usually and if you found mm-hmm. something, you know, uh, like I said, a hidden gem. In, in a lot of ways, I get the same kind of feeling today because I do get a lot of screeners. And I'm not going to name mm-hmm. names, but a lot of them, they're just, they're just really not anything. Yeah. And then when when I do get onto a movie like like uh, like your movie, uh, uh, who's watching Oliver? It really is like, oh, this is this really stands out, and then it makes you want to you know tell other people. I tell you, I remember. One of the films, which, uh, fuck, I'm not sure what year it was, which, not a horror film, but it was a, a VHS tape, which I bought no expectation, just for about two pounds, was a, what do you call those films? All on one camera, where they, a found footage film. Uh, mm. Gang gang tapes, I think that was called. Mm. Have you ever seen that film? No, I've never seen it. Yeah, like, where it starts off at the beginning, uh, gang tape, or gang tapes, yeah, just gang tape, I think it was called. Uh, starts off at the beginning where this video camera has been stolen, like in a carjacking, and then you follow that that video camera around. Mm-hmm. Fuck, unbelievable film. And I remember finding that was like a hidden gem, which I was telling people about at the time. Yeah. I, I, good, uh, I don't know, it must be 20 years ago now, I guess, but uh, amazing film, really great film. Yeah. That's very cool. I I totally understand that feeling, and it, even though it is it is nice that you can uh, there's all the streaming sites and it makes it easy. Uh, it it's not the same feeling as uh, getting some at the video store. No, it's not, and it's takes away like it, when you was younger, the band films that was the whole thing, weren't it? Sure. Or or like some foreign film or just. Yeah, or what was it? Faces of Death and shit like that back in the day. <laughs> right, that was a buzz. When like that was a whole thing. Like even when I grew up, when I was young, te- in England, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Exorcist was banned. They were banned mm-hmm. movies when I grew up. Yeah. and like you got a dodgy VHS copy of that. It it was amazing. That that was yeah. like everybody buzzed uh, I, off that. That was yeah. I because my brother's nine years older, so um. Mm. Uh, when I was a single mom, so uh, she would take him to the movies instead of getting, uh, you know, a babysitter. She'd, you know, take me along too. And also sometimes nice. she would take me to like uh, friends' houses. And I remember uh, when he was probably in high school, so I was probably very young. And yeah. um, uh, a big thing was like someone had a bootleg copy of The Evil Dead because it wasn't at that time. It wasn't easy to get. Like yeah, was, yeah. 
And so it was a big deal, like, oh, my God, we're going to watch Evil Dead. And it was real terrible quality, which kind of added to it, I think. And, uh, you know, right. it was it was, right. it was a big it was a big deal to everyone. And now you can go and stream it anywhere. But, at, you know, that's a thing, too, like being able to find it. Uh, no, that, that, that was part of the mission. It, you know? it was yeah. part of the mission. And it's same, like, I was, I, like, my dad used to let me watch horrors really young. Um, like I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre when I was about ten or nine. I, same like you, we were both fucked up young, <laughs> right? Yeah, but it was amazing. That was like the buzz. The buzz of it was getting these tapes and taking it back and watching this horror, which everybody's telling you that you can't watch, mm-hmm. and that's missing nowadays. It's uh, it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah, I, I tell the story. Uh, I still a bunch of times the show, but. I think I was about six or so, and let's say my mom took my brother uh, and some of his friends, along with my uncle, in his van uh, to go see uh, Night of the Living Dead at the, at the drive-in. And, Amazing. Um, and so, like, the, the scene where the, the the pickup blows up and then the zombies are eating everybody, and, yeah. like, I was getting kind of freaked out. And she told me, like, oh, they're just having a barbecue. And then <laughs> after that, Amazing. like... Uh, yeah, just like, oh, okay. And then uh, not to be like a tough guy or nothing. I never, after I was never like scared of horror movies, but uh, I still, I just, you know, just dug them, you know? Yeah. No, I remember, uh, yeah, there used to be like on Sky One, like my dad, I, I lived with my mum, but I'd go and visit my dad. And on Sky One, they used to have the Friday night horror film. So I was allowed to sit, stay and watch that. But then, yeah, old films like the old black and white Night of the Living Dead and shit like that. I, I loved all that growing up. Yeah. House, yeah, uh, what's the one on uh, Psycho? Unbelievable. What's the one with uh, Hill House? The, the, Hell ha- yeah, le- film. the Legend of Hell House, I believe it's called. Um, yeah, House on the Haunted Hill. Was, I loved all those films. Yep. Amazing. Yeah, I used to buzzer for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'd scare the fuck out of me. I'm like I, I used to get scared. Even like the original, I remember the original Friday the Thirteenth. Just watching it, and then like the mums used to scare the fuck out of me. Uh-huh. But and now it all comes around because that's what that's why you've got the mother in, in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> it, no, it exactly. You. <laughs> I tell you, and but then there's other like even I, I'm a pussy when I watch horror films. A good horror, yeah. And, See, like, for me, gory stuff doesn't really scare me so much. It really, it doesn't, like, but uh, if I watch a good, scary horror, I, I sh- still scared to fuck. <laughs> what was what the last of... horror that scared you? Um, hmm. Trying to think. Uh, I don't, it's, it's, we're honestly, I, I hate to say this, I not really get necessarily get scared about other movies, but. Uh, the last one that I really liked this year, actually, I think this year was uh, a really good year for horror movies. Yeah, mm. and, uh, I thought I thought it was really good. But did you see Loved the Devil's Candy? Yeah, did you see Devil's Candy? I thought that was one of the best of the year. No, I haven't seen it. Should I? Yeah, I think you would actually really like it. It's uh, mm. there's some. It's totally different than your movie, but uh, there is a similarity where I think you feel sympathy for 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 the uh, the killer no, who's really terrible yeah, things. That. I yeah, watched yeah. that, Devil's Candy, but it I loved it, and that was the whole thing. When I uh, the original of it, I loved the original, but I always hated the second half where they grew up. Um, mm-hmm. When I was younger, like the Stephen, the original one, and yeah. so this one, I, I loved this one. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, I loved it too, and uh, 
I like that. Uh, I actually really like the the old the the original Pennywise, but and I like this one too. I just think it's a different take on the same character. Yeah, no, the original Pennywise was amazing, and this one though. Yeah, I like yeah. both. Um, the original one, one was is, different because I was young. Yeah, and I think this one they made it more otherworldly, where it is a creature, which mm. he is still in, in the first movie, but it's just played that way. So I think it's just you know like yeah. a different take on on the same guy. But I always think mm. that's the strength, of, definitely the strength of the, the first one is uh, when they're kids. Like yeah. Yeah, no, that was always uh, just scary. Scary. That's the clown, wasn't it? That's why we're all. Yeah. Yeah. But Stephen no, I King was buzzing. Had, yeah. Stephen King must have had some really, really bad bullies because that's a theme in a lot of his movies. They're all yeah. like very hor- horrible bullies, not just like, you know, a normal pick on you bully. Yeah. What's your favorite Stephen King? Um. Oh, the Shining oh, Stephen King, though, isn't it? Yeah. The Shining, Shining's great. Uh, you mean movies or, or books? Uh, movies. Movies. Maybe. Yeah. Well, Shining. I, I'd have to put uh, probably Shining, or, or I really like Pet Cemetery. Mm. And uh, I like it a lot too. Um, and then uh, I also like some of the non-horror ones, like Shawshank Redemption. And oh, oh shit! Fuck yeah, yeah Jesus. Um, love Shawshank and Stand By Me. Yeah. yeah. I even, I like some of the, I, I think a lot of his films, like, but they were directed by different people and that anyway, but first half were always amazing. That's what I, I like. There was, wasn't there a film called Tommy Knockers, Doppelgangers, yeah. the one yeah, with Tommy the Sleepwalkers, Knockers. all mm-hmm. them, I always remember the, loving the first halves. And then, and then just, like, uh, uh, just no, not a real uh, good end, yeah. No, I, I like think, I think, some of the... I think doppelgangers. They could uh, something like that would. I could do with a remake of that, but done better. I like yeah. that premise of that film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of there that were uh, could definitely hit, use a, a better version. I mm. like some of the ones that came. I don't know if you saw the ones that were made for Netflix this year. Um, Gerald's Game and nineteen. Uh, 19- no, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I, I thought both of those were really good. Which one, 19... Uh, 1922, I, I think that's called 1922. That one didn't get as much buzz, but I, I thought it was uh, really well made. And the But mm. the Gerald's game, you know, had more people talking about, which I thought that was a really good movie, too. Horace, I, I like... Uh, that's another one which I like. Just reminded. Room 1408. Really enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, of course I love Creep Show, which uh, King uh, yeah did the, nice. the stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that was the first VHS tape my mom bought me. Uh, was it? Yeah. yeah. Fuck, the old first... I'm trying to think the first VHS tape, which uh... yeah, well, we rented Probably... we rented a lot more before that, but that was the first one she actually bought me. Yeah, I think bought for me. For me personally, would be maybe Flight of the Navigator. Okay. Not a horror, but it was amazing. Maybe. Uh, maybe a Hulk Hogan tape back in the day. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big wrestling fan. I don't know if you know where they're at, but yeah. You are, or you're not? No, I am. Yeah, a big wrestling fan. Right. I, also do a, 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 I also do a wrestling podcast on TV. Oh, amazing. Ronda Rousey, eh? Yeah, exactly. Roy Rumble was awesome. Mm. 
I, uh, I'm not anymore, but fuck, when I grew up, everybody was. Everybody. Uh-huh. And uh, I, st- I can still get emotional about some of the some of the wrestling events from when I was younger. Earthquake breaking Hulk Hogan's back. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, Piper was definitely my favorite growing up. Uh, I was a big fan of Roddy Piper. Um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh. Macho Man. Oh, the old. Uh, used to love it. Used to love the old, uh, old WWF. Yeah. 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 What, how do you think Ronda Rousey is going to do over there? I think she's going to do well. It's, uh, you know, I was a little skeptical at first because she is coming off the losses, but when she came out there, it did seem like a, you know, it did seem like a big moment. She's pointing up at the WrestleMania sign, and it was cool. Hmm. I don't know if you knew this, but she's wearing uh, Roddy Piper's jacket. Yeah, jacket. yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah she, she put, she asked for his name originally, right? Yeah, and, and he he gave her blessing to do the the mm. rowdy. Uh, so they have yeah. that shirt. It looks like the old uh, hot rod shirt back in the eighties. Do you my my favorite rowdy ruddy Piper match was when uh, he fought the Mountie that back was a good in one. the, and they had the stun gun thing. <laughs> and uh-huh. uh, what was it? He wore like oh, it was so dumb, but it was amazing. I just remember being a kid watching it. And he yeah. gets stunned by the stun gun, falls down, and then obviously when the guy turns around, then he suddenly stands up, and he rips <laughs> open his shirt, what says shockproof on it. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was so dumb, but it was, uh-huh. but it was just great. Yeah. Uh, the Ma- the Mountie's theme song was great, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm the Mountie. Uh, I, so I could sing it, but I probably shouldn't. Go on, I think you should. Now you just put it out there. Uh, I am the Mountie. I'm handsome. <laughs> I'm brave. I'm strong. I am the Mountie, and I enforce the law. Uh, you can try to run, but you can never hide because the Mountie always gets his man. Oh, amazing! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, growing up, there was uh, there was like three things that I think mattered to. Uh, well, for sports, <laughs> video games, wrestling, and films. That's, mm-hmm. that's basically every part of of my childhood, what I was into. <laughs> Mine was probably movie, definitely movies, uh, wrestling, and um, and uh, instead of sports, I was into Dungeons and Dragons. So, but uh, well, what about uh, Street Fighter Two back in the day? Um. Yeah, I never. I actually never got into the the fighting games for some reason. Oh, loved it, loved it. Uh-huh. But, uh, that I game, like ball, and I used to like Gauntlet. Yeah, Street Fighter Two changed my life. Uh, I remember it, before it before it came out on the Super Nintendo. Used to used to try and get like I think it was ten p ago back then. To, there used to be a shop that had the arcade machine uh, mm-hmm. before primary school. That is. And there'd be a, a row of kids waiting outside, so you join the road to play the winner. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Then you put all the quarters, you'd have all your quarters saved to be putting in the machine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if if arcades are even, I know they're, they're, they exist, but it's not really a big thing anymore, I don't think. Yeah, because, well, like, what's the point nowadays if you can just go home and have it better, right? Eh? 
Yeah. Whereas when I arcade when I was a kid, it was like you you're looking at you're playing on these games which you just couldn't play anywhere else. They're amazing. Yeah, because you had the uh. I had Atari when I was real young, and then you know Nintendo and stuff. And as fun as they were, they weren't nearly the same as the as the arcade version. Nah, like the first. Uh, well, at my dad's, he had a Spectrum ZXK. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the first thing that I had was a Sega Master System um, before the Sega Genesis. Oh, it was unbelievable. Amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, all those, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those were the days. But, uh, oh, yeah, right. Uh, VHS so, tapes sound so old. <laughs> Yeah, when, uh, for the VHS tape, there used to be a, a um, in, the, in the town when I was a kid. Was uh, I forget the name of it now? Shit. But uh, anyway, my my uh, one of the kids I went to school with, a friend of mine, his parents owned it, and so they'd have like a uh, they'd have a calendar and they'd have different days with like a joke day. You come in and say a joke, and you'd get like a you could buy one, you rent one, get one free. That's and, amazing. Uh, bring in your report card if you got an A, you got a free movie and all that stuff. And then uh, I remember though when uh, Blockbuster moved in, uh, they they told them like you know either you can sell sell out to us or we'll put you out of business and it was mm. the, really the end of. Uh, I remember you know, I worked in a I worked in a Blockbuster in Shepherd's Bush in London for a bit. Yeah, it was right. It would never. Yeah, it was never. Yeah, not the same for me as like the mom and pop. Like uh, no, just, uh, not at all. Not at all. Um, no. Yeah, and working there was wasn't as fun as I, I wanted it to be. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was super. So growing up, I was like, even on the jobs when I left school, I got influenced so easy by by films on what job I did. I went and worked in like HMV because literally I watched Empire Records and I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna go and work in a, a record <laughs> shop. It uh-huh. sucked. Was it nothing like being in a film? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Well, uh, it'll be weird though, because uh, people growing up now just won't have that uh, won't have that memory or experience. No. I worked in a cinema twice as well. The first, that was the first time. And that was uh, funny enough. The first time when I worked in a cinema, not this. That was on uh, the Isle of Wight at Cineworld. Um, mm-hmm. If I hadn't have been sacked, I probably could have wasted years at that job because it was so <laughs> easy. Uh-huh. And uh, did you yeah, get free movies? Yeah, I just sat and watched movies all the time. <laughs> it was it was uh-huh. amazing. I'd just sit and watch movies. Yeah, and it was a it was a super quiet cinema, so uh, it was f- nothing really to do. Just stand around and then. Uh, you know, you're younger there. Some hot girls work there. Um, <laughs> watching movies. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Why'd you get Why'd you get sacked? How'd you get fired? Um. Oh. Uh. That was. So some when I I think when I was working, um, some guy had uh, came in, and he was just being an asshole just been an absolute arsehole and then uh, yeah I think I remember him being like uh, he wanted to go in for free and I didn't care and then yeah he was just some some somebody causing trouble and then uh, 
I lashed out and it didn't end well. <laughs> he was a fucking dick. I don't know why I'm being so polite. Some little fucking cunt, which he was, just uh-huh. wouldn't leave it alone. You know, you're working with the public and there was a fucking arsehole and came in one day and then uh, he kept pushing, pushing, pushing till I pushed back and that was that. Uh-huh. I'm sure he's but, not listening. So. Don't I don't well. care. Fuck him. Maybe he's, he's <laughs> Very cool. And uh, that's another thing too. Um, I don't want to bash like so much of you know watching online because um, that's how I watch a lot of stuff. But uh, VHS and stuff. But it's also it's nothing's the same as watching a movie on the big screen. Oh no, I still I still love watching uh, watching films at the cinema. I still do you know it's so bad as well. I, I'm such a weirdo. I, I love going alone. I still love going alone to the cinema, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, buzz I, off it. I know my brother once in a while says, "Oh, there's always like weirdos who go." Oh, but I don't know. I'd rather just uh, go by myself and not to worry what uh, someone else thinks of the movie or any mm. interaction. Just uh, I think that's the thing about uh, actually at the movies, um, you can't you're you can't like escape. It's right there in front of you, and so you oh, know if you're watching if, you, if you're watching on a computer, you probably are looking on your phone or, or doing something else, even if you. If you think you're paying attention, you're probably doing something else. But uh, in the theater, you're just right there, and it's you. You can't get away from it. So no. Nah. Uh, and then totally the problem, theory. if I when I go with people, if I miss the trailers, I'm ruined for the movie. And now I'm in a bad mood for the whole movie. I'm such a <laughs> such a moody bastard. Like that's because when I was going as a kid, you get there for the trailers as well. Right. That was always I like the big buzz. Mm-hmm. So. But then if you go with somebody who doesn't share that enthusiasm for the trailers mm-hmm. and, and then they're, they're late, then, then it's just like you're already going in there like, fuck. Yeah. No, uh, I, I buzz. I buzz off going. I still, even working in cinemas, even like before in London, um, I also used, used to do like, they used to have this thing with uh, Cineworlds where you could pay, back then it was like 11 or 12 pounds a month and you could go unlimited as many times you wanted to oh, any nice. of the chains and i used to go all the time i even i used to be so bad i used to uh like back i remember with an ex-girlfriend i'd uh <laughs> I just yeah we'd get into bed i'd wait for her to get full asleep and then i'd sneak out and go and watch the late showing <laughs> and come back with like the smell of popcorn on me it was, oh, it was uh, yeah, yeah but I still do. A, I still buzz off it. I still just there's something about walking and sitting I, in your seat in the cinema. I, I yeah, I agree hundred percent. There's um, some here in in Boston um, that do midnight movies. On, well, one that does midnight movies on the weekend, uh, Coolidge. I'll, I give them a good mm-hmm. buzz. And uh, so every every Friday and Saturday they show usually like kind of a cult movie. Uh, yeah, and you know, it's even if it's a movie I've seen a hundred times, it's a totally different experience. Uh, I actually went and saw Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer there a couple of years ago when Amazing. they did the when they did the midnight show, and it's it's such a good time. And and Halloween they do a twelve hour marathon. Oh, uh, I love it! Yeah, from midnight midnight to noon the next day, and it's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. they usually have like two headliners, and then the other ones are like uh, you know surprise, you don't know what they're going to be, and. Nice, nice. Yeah, I uh, there's films even when I not horrors, but I remember like just going as a kid to watch films, which are still still to this day it, it's like an event. It, I still see it as like 
a growing up event. Like when I went and watched uh, shit like Back to the Future Three, I mm-hmm. think I watched at the cinema and. Uh, like the, what was it moonwalker i remember watching that at the cinema um far and away you know the tom cruise film far and away yeah yeah um like they were the films out when i was a kid i guess and mm-hmm. i still remember like the whole day being excited to go sitting in there getting some sweets and mm-hmm. uh, and it's weird like this is something what what we don't pay notice as enough is that like i'm 36 now and i still look back at that day as fuck one of the most amazing days of my childhood <laughs> uh-huh. Not, and i had a great childhood but it's you know that's, that's yeah. how much things yeah. can mean yeah mm-hmm. yeah i don't know if they have that uh, uh they probably don't but uh movie pass is a is a, a thing starting to uh i uh, get a buzz here and it's uh, sort of like what you mentioned it's 9.99 a month and uh, you can use it to go to almost any cinema uh, mm. you, you can use it as much as you want at the month, but only once per day. But, uh, for $10, I mean, if you see uh, one movie, you save a little bit, but if you see, you know, two or more movies, you're saving yeah. like a ton of money. And I've yeah, seen not... movies that I normally wouldn't see in the theater. Like I went to see I, Tanya, which I probably wouldn't yeah. have seen in the movie, in the theater and, uh, the dark, the darkest hour. And, uh, it's just a, it's a great experience. Yeah, no, definitely. Like that was the whole thing with this uh, with the Cineworld ones back in the day. It it was unlimited, and you could go as many times in that day as you wanted. So oh, nice. if I had days off work, well, I would spend. I'd watch three films back to back, and and it didn't matter then because you've got that card. Every single film that came out, I'd watch, and then you'd look like different because it was a chain. So you, mm-hmm. and in London, so you'd have like about twenty of these different cinemas, but different ones would show different films. So then you'd you'd travel from the other side to that that one just <laughs> to get to that cinema to watch a different. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, mm-hmm. amazing. Still, one of the only things in life that, but well, that's just loads of things. But there's yeah. still one of the things that just makes me buzz is going going to the cinema and watching a movie. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's why I actually get kind of mad sometimes when I see people kind of complain about, uh, like, oh, I hate going to the movies. And I'm thinking, what? Oh, I mean, that's like the, the... Motherfuckers. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Or, uh, but then what do, What else do they complain about in life? Those bastards. <laughs> eh? Everything. <laughs> and, and just imagine, you know, that person complaining about going to the cinema? That's somebody's girlfriend there. Or boyfriend. Bastards. <laughs> Ruining good times. <laughs> Kid, but <laughs> yeah, still. yeah, but but deadly serious. Yeah, no, uh, completely. Fuck. Yeah. Actually, this while I'm sitting here, actually on my uh, Facebook, it just popped up that Coolidge uh, Corner Theater, which is Coolidge after midnight. Uh, they just added uh, two events. I gotta see what they are. They're showing Mohawk, the new horror movie. They're showing American Psycho, actually. Tomorrow night. And then uh, the Slumber Party Massacre, an original 35 millimeter on Saturday. Nice. Nice. Uh, Freddy's dead. Oh, Freddy's dead. Uh I remember going to see Freddy's dead in Freddy Vision, and he got the special. uh, Yeah, that it was. That's funny that we. I was just talking about Freddy 3D two days ago to somebody, where Mm -hmm. explaining that you had to put him on, 
and then it tapped the string, and then you take them off and put them on. Yeah, yeah. It was a certain point in the movie. Put on your, you know, I forget they called it Freddy Vision, but it was just three D. But <laughs> that was uh, when I I did a film uh, Cam to Cam, and that was directed by Joel Swazon, and uh, he worked he worked a lot with Wes Craven, and I think he, I'm not, I think he did one of the Freddies himself. Um, oh. but uh, yeah, great, great guy, and that was that was always a buzz here in his stories. Um, it's great, great, absolute one of the best directors, like nicest people I've ever worked with. Um, I did this. Uh, I was playing a serial killer with uh, Tamin Surasok. She was in in that film. Um, but yeah understanding directors what we were talking about earlier first day that was one of the first big roles i had and uh oh i was so scared so scared and uh, i came in on set and uh i told him straight out i said like oh, i'm shitting myself <laughs> and he just straight away like brought me down and was was amazing really really nice guy yeah. was on. and yeah. uh fuck and he's been around forever like he's He's just a real, real guy who's been around and seen it all. Yeah, he was producer. I just Googled it. He was producer on, yeah, on a lot of films like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. But, oh, wow. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one with uh, oh, Mark Patton mm. as the lead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like I like the original Freddy Freddy one. I remember watching that. That was an event watching the first one, and then yeah. the, like that was the whole thing. How old are you? Uh, Forty one. Forty one. Yeah. So you'd be the same. Like uh, when you were crashing around your friends' houses, you had the Freddies and the night and the Jason. Friday the Thirteenth and all the, uh, and like all them. So then in the night you'd watch like two or three back to back. Mm-hmm. That, that used to be the thing. Yeah, it used to be every Friday the Thirteenth on uh, Channel Thirty Eight. Here they would show, you know, however many there were at the time, like the first four, you know, Friday the Thirteenth or first mm-hmm. three, and you know, it was always a, it was a big event because, uh, like I said, you couldn't, you couldn't just go and watch these movies anywhere at the time. You'd either have to wait for them to come on TV or, or maybe and- go, you know, and random at the video store. But I tell you something like the original. If you watch the original Friday the Thirteenth, it's fucking that's a scary film, man. Like mm-hmm. for me, once the rest they're good, but that whole thing with the mum and all that. What's her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Creep the fuck out of me, man. <laughs> yeah. On one of one of our first shows on Without Your Head when we started the show, we had Betsy Palmer on who played. Uh, nice. And uh, you rest rest in peace. She passed away, but uh, yeah, she was a really cool guest and. She like does. She didn't really acknowledge the other movies. She's just like, to her, uh, Jason's dead and, and he died as a kid, and he never, you know. Oh, did you get her to do the voice? <laughs> no, I wish we did though. That, oh, yeah. that was it. Uh, that the voice went out. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. ending, it's the ending. It was so creepy. Mm-hmm. He jumps out of the water. But yeah, the, the, no, the, no, with her, with, with her, her romance. Oh yeah, yeah. I always remember being like, "Fuck." Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that one. 
I, yeah, Friday the 13th one, that was one of the films that always scared me. Yeah, and then the, the callback to that in part two when, when he has, like, the, the shrine to her, I always thought yeah. was, uh, was the best part of uh, the ones with Jason. I kind of yeah. liked it was more of a, a person and not, like, a zombie. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And I've, as far as Nightmare on Elm Street, I think the... I like a lot of sequels, but the first one is by far the best one. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Before they get kind of silly. I do think yeah. the last one, so not the remake, but uh, Freddy's, uh, I mean, Jason, yeah. uh, Nightmare, I think that one. Yeah, is, that is one was, but it had, uh, what's her name, Nancy back in it, didn't it? Yeah, everyone played themselves. Uh, yeah. and it, I thought it was interesting because it, it, it kind of looked at how people... Uh, took to Freddy as more of the hero of those movies than the actual hero. And yeah. It was an interesting take, you know, how people uh, really just wanted to watch those movies and see the killer kill people. Yeah, no, definitely. To me, it's, it's funny, though, because to me, and this is my own opinion as well, but like uh, in, in Who's Watching Oliver, Mama has elements of Freddy to her where it's like this over-the-top kind of you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah and uh even though it's clear that uh because she interacts with the women uh when you're yeah. watching there's always parts uh when you're questioning if she's there for it's, it's in all of his mind yeah of yeah. course of course yeah Which, no that and that's that was planned like we planned uh throughout it's you you are you know what what's going on yeah, which I think was uh, a smart way to. It also made sense to story one storyline wise how she's in the computer to to watch because not in the room, mm. but just having her there and not physically there, uh, you know, adds yeah. to that element of you know is this you know real and it's just creepy. Like mm-hmm. you got this guy who's like doesn't want to do like it's fucking it's fucking horrible, really, isn't it? Like you got this guy who's poor and like and. Not innocent, but you know what I mean. He doesn't want to do this stuff, which mm-hmm. he's been somebody on the computer screens telling him to fucking rape and kill people. Oh, it's horrible. And then on the screen, you've got this little old woman going, you fucking, yeah, just, oh, terrible. Yeah. It's, uh, it definitely, uh, the movie definitely sits with you and you, you think about it, which I think is a good, uh, good thing for a movie to do. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. No, I, I just I, I hope people people enjoy it. Um, yeah, I know it's yeah. not everybody's cup of tea, mm-hmm. um, but uh, fuck man, yeah. yeah. If you if you like the if you like the show, you're probably uh, you'll probably dig it. <laughs> Love this show now. <laughs> Very cool. Well, yeah. I want to thank you for doing this, and uh, no, much appreciated. You, really appreciate yeah. you inviting me on. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to do it again sometime. Oh, definitely, man. Definitely. Cool. Right. Unless definitely. you get too big for me. Oh, nah, man. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a film fan anyway. You know, yeah, I can tell. Uh, yeah, I just we could, uh, sit and talk about film anyway. It doesn't yeah. have to be about the film. I'd come on and just chat about a movie sometime. <laughs> All right. That'd be good. The guest co host. Great, man. Fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. Nice. Great. Cool. Have, a, have a great day and much appreciated, brother. Thanks, man. You too. This is Betsy Palmer, and I'm not sorry that I lost my head. It's been worth every moment of it.
Hot day.